You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stephanie. We are talking about the third episode of Killjoys, The Harvest. And while we will talk about anything and everything from that episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. First, we'll give our quick reviews, and then we'll talk about notable elements and stuff that made us happy. And then we'll conclude by discussing the questions we have after watching this week's episode. Let's get started with our quick reviews. I liked it. Johnny got a bit more focus this episode, which I think we kind of needed. They've had a fair amount of Johnny, but this one was more centered around Johnny. And Dutch kicked some ass, which is not anything new, but is always enjoyable. And Davin's finally getting some help, which I think they made pretty clear in the first couple episodes he needs. So I'm happy about that. And we also got a great heart-to-heart scene with Dutch and Johnny. And I'm a sucker for those, so I like it. I liked it, too. It was a bit of a darker episode this week. I got my partner to watch me this week, and I was like, yeah, it's really fun. And then it was really violent. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this one's darker than the previous two have been. (laughs) Maybe not the best introduction, but... But I still enjoyed it. And and besides the bigger focus on Johnny, like you mentioned, Chris, I also really enjoyed the introduction of Potter. Yes. I also enjoyed it. I love seeing uh, Johnny conv- convince Dutch to take on take on the warrant. And for them to he, he's like, Come on, we need to go undercover and she's like, Okay, well I get to pick the I get to pick the covers then. And the whole issue of Davin trying to get his you know, clearance and trying to integrate into the team and his issues getting explored with Potter and how she just didn't let him get away with anything that she knew how she knew how much help he needed. And especially, as you mentioned, Chris, the Dutch and Johnny heart to heart at the end. That was my favorite scene. We also got some feedback from Kevin, who's talking less about this particular episode and more generally about the first three episodes of the series. Hi, ladies. It's Kevin Batchelder from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast. I wanted to give you just some general feedback about uh, Killjoy's kind of, if you will, a series so far after a few episodes in. Uh, uh, you know, for many of us, when we're watching TV shows, we tend to find similarities to other things we already like. I mean, it's just natural when a show is fairly young since you don't have a big catalog of episodes to go on. But I got to say, I'm really digging the show. Each week, I'm uh, just more and more comfortable. That's the word I think of in this universe and these characters. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I think they're doing a good job there, uh, kind of building a little bit of backstory and some unique bits to each of the characters, which has got me uh, interested and hooked in learning more, and then also enjoying their dynamic when they're working together. So uh, bravo and a job well done there. Uh, definitely, you know, Dutch is a hook for me, as I'm sure she is for many folks. Uh, very easy on the eyes, but but also like the way she's kind of uh, leading these guys and how that's kind of working. That's that's pretty cool. Got to say, it's nice to see. Now, I'm not trying to compare it to other shows, but a couple of things that I see for similarities would be curious to, to hear what the three of you think. Um, one is that so far, I'm certainly seeing a, a very much a similarity to Lost Girl. Now, in the sense of the fact that I'm not all that interested in the story of the week, I'm more interested in seeing how our characters deal with what happens in the story of the week. So that's that's one thing that's definitely got me, and we've seen that in several other shows, but that's obviously since we got the same showrunner here, uh, something I I'm, I'm s- suspect that some of you are seeing as well. The other thing, and, and Annie will certainly get the parallel, and, and you other ladies surely will from other shows, there have been some real moments that just absolutely crystallized me 
Uh, certainly the first episode, that scene with Dutch where she kind of rescued the guys when they were pinned down, that whole scene with the music and her having the necklace bits, uh, you know, the visuals, just absolutely. I love to share that video to try to get folks to watch the show on social media. And we had another one in, in last night's episode, and I'm hoping I find it up on YouTube soon. Uh, that was the scene when Dutch walked into the bar, the whole, I have a headache, a badge, and a gun. Behave. God, I love that one. That's the kind of stuff that can hook people. It just gave me a big ear-to-ear smile. And Annie, to me, I saw a little bit of Aaron's son from Farscape in her in that line. And we've seen that same attitude in other places. So digging it very much. Loving your podcasts. I hope you all take care. Thank you for that feedback, Kevin. I I agree with you. I tend to care less about the story of the week. And I'm not saying that the stories of the week have been ter- terrible, far from it. But I'm not necessarily watching because I'm like, oh, you know, the plot's going to do this and going to do this. I'm more invested in these characters who I like a whole bunch. Right. That was always true of like, alias too like there'd always Mm -hmm. be some sort of fun adventure but you know it's not really about that that's just there because it's fun and cool and you know it's it's good to watch but it's not what you're watching the series for it's not like the main thing because like the emotional connections between the characters is where all the the real richness of the series is to me yeah, and we see the same thing with the beginning of Lost Girl, which, of course, is done by the same people. So as you see all these relationships form and you see the background of them, that's what really keeps me hooked. So does Dutch remind you a bit of Aaron's son, Annie? I've only seen a few episodes of Farscape, and i got to say, Aaron seems to have far more anger management issues than Dutch does. <laughs> yeah, Aaron soon, she's a bit of a, yeah, because uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she reminded me specifically in that moment where Dutch uh, fires her gun off, but yeah, that's that's very Aaron soon. So I was actually thinking, now that you mention it, Annie, that is sort of, I guess, the thing that sets Dutch apart, because we've seen this sort of character before, as, as we're talking about, you know, yeah. the, the badass who's got the attitude and the gun and whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Dutch seems pretty well adjusted, all things considered. Yeah, she's a good partner boss, you know, and a good boss. and seems to mostly have a level head on her shoulders, unless she has a headache. So, <laughs> Speaking of the partner boss conversation, I liked how a couple of the threads that were introduced last episode seemed to carry through to this episode, because we had last week where Davin was pointing out to Johnny, you know, who is she, your partner or your boss? And he kind of brushes it off last week but this week given the change in the dynamic he's he gets kind of you know upset when he feels like dutch is ordering him around and and wanting to dictate what the mission is and not really partnering with him in that particular moment yeah but you know he's still given clear consideration and everything and dutch has that conversation with davin where she's like i'm trying to get a hold of johnny to apologize and i can't (laughs) Right. And I'm worried. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I like that they're sort of, yeah, reinforcing the idea that she is his partner, boss. Yeah. 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 But they still really care about each other. It's not just a I'm above you kind of boss situation and you have no say. Hence the partner part of partner yeah. boss. Exactly. Right. Because the whole reason she took this case was because it really seemed to mean a lot to him. And, mm-hmm. and I think it was more the situation in this particular spot that made him get a little offended by her being bossier because he was feeling he was feeling itchy about the fact that Davin was a, 
already ahead of him as far as rank goes in the Killjoys. And yeah, so I feel like it was more situational that he got upset. But I I liked that, right. you know, they, they planted that little seed last episode and then we see kind of some follow through this this time. Yeah. And that they do give it the resolution in the heart to heart at the end with the, oh. them actually talking it out. <laughs> I know. People talking it out. It was great. <laughs> I I love that. I loved the the resolution to their little tiff that they had at the end. And, he, and like Johnny gets all teary eyed when she says he's irreplaceable. I loved it. I know. It's so <sighs> sweet. And he gives her a little kiss on the head. Yes. Oh, I don't like it when they fight, but I liked it when they made up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Although her saying, Johnny, don't be a shit. Just, you know, <laughs> in that voice is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Like we said, we could. That's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> but uh, that was just me. <laughs> oh, Annie. Well, you know, like we said, we can we can listen to her read the phone book. So yes, I would. I would listen to her read the phone book. Hannah John Common has a very sexy voice. Yes. I also, like I mentioned, really enjoyed the introduction of Potter, and it looks like she's going to be a recurring character, which I'm really happy about. Me too. Mm-hmm. I like that she was sort of not taking any of Davin's nonsense. Yeah, not taking any BS from the beginning. And I love how he's like, how'd you sober up? Uh, you know, I have access to the, the good drugs or whatever. I like that she had a very clear motivation throughout. It's like, what will this do for me? And I think that that is, it tells us something about what it's like living on Westerly, which I think is another thing this episode did well, is demonstrate just how far down the ladder poor Westerly is in in the quad. Mm -hmm. Poor Westerlins, which is apparently what they call people who live on Westerly. Yeah, it took me a second to be like, what? Oh, okay, got it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and at first I thought... Potter was just being opportunistic and go- always going, what's what's in it for me? And I'm like, is she just trying to scam Davin and everybody she runs across? But it turns out she really has a pure motivations because she's one of the rare people that seems to be looking out for the westerly- westerlings and wants to, you know, take care of them because she's one of the few doctors around. So it's not like she's doing it purely for profit to get drugs or whatnot. Well, and also she has no choice, really. Yeah. Because she got kicked out of... Where did they say she got kicked out of? I forget. Crush. Crush. Yeah. It's usually Crush. Well, we have we have Crush, who's clearly at the top of the top of the ladder class-wise. And then we have Leith. Is it Leith or Leith? Leith. Is, Leith. I think, right? I think so. It seems to be under that. And then Westerly at the bottom. And because we, we hear heard in this episode that the Martell, the... Hawk grower guy, mm-hmm. aka hops, I'm guessing. I guess they're supposed to be hops, kind of. He was his family, you know, there wasn't room for them on Crash, and so they got moved to Leith. So he still has some stature, obviously some wealth, but he's not wealthy enough, high status enough to live on on Crash. And then the poor, poor Westerlands, very, very much at the bottom. Because even the Lethians look down on them. Yeah. The Westerly people, the Westerlands, they seem to be the hard labor folks, right? Yeah. Right. The uh, blue collar folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even blue collar, like no collar. <laughs> or if they have collars, it's like slave collars, it seems, sounds like. You know, the mines don't sound like a very nice place to work. Right. But yeah, I think there was some mention of uh, the 
oceans on crush overtook the land i guess yes i was i went back and i reread this little primer that sci-fi made of the world of killjoys and it was very helpful <laughs> i'll probably put a link to it because i think i read it once and then i forgot about it where it goes through the different planets and basically the backstory of each of the different planets so you have crush and that's where crush is like earth people living on westerly and and leaf they started out on crush and then it became overpopulated the resources thinned and so then they had to move stuff like their garbage and their mining and stuff like that to westerly but then they needed somewhere else to put the people and people who weren't doing the mining and the grunt work and stuff like that they were moved off onto leaf because i think the guy whose name i don't remember now the hawk grower guy martel martel thank you i think martel did say something about the oceans overtaking the land and so there wasn't enough land so then his father was it got mm -hmm. got mm -hmm. sent to sent with a one-way ticket to leith and a plot of land anyway world building is what i'm saying <laughs> the other part of this episode that was very notable to me is the number of former lost girl guest stars in this particular episode because <laughs> <laughs> remind we me of who played who okay so we we had martel the actor who played martel he was actually in a few episodes he was a doula hand back in season one Okay. And then he also played one of the guys who kidnapped Dyson at the end of season three. Uh -huh. And then Potter, the actress who played Potter, she was Siobhan the Banshee back in season one. And as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh, yeah, I really liked her. I thought she had a lot of like sass and charisma. And I think she's bringing that to her role here, too, as well. I think she only had like two scenes in yeah. that episode, right? Mm -hmm. Of yeah, Lost Girl. And, and she only had really... Well, maybe two scenes where she actually had lines. She had a third scene where she screamed. But but yeah, she was had a very small role, uh, but still very memorable, I think. And then the actor who played Vincent, the guy who escaped the farm, he was Samir back in season one. And then Shyla, the field worker, she was Persephone in season five. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank as you for soon as I realized down. where I recognized Shyla from, I was like, don't sleep with her. <laughs> Don't sleep with her, Johnny. She'll turn out to be your mother. <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, I was, like I said, I, I watched this episode with my partner who was watching for the first time, and it was just a game of, where do I know that Canadian actor from? <laughs> that happens. Yep. On every Canadian TV show. One yep. of the 25 to 50 Canadian actors we all know. Or watching a new show for the first time, and you're like, where in Canada was this filmed? Yeah. <laughs> Toronto, oh, there's, Vancouver. There's three Vancouver yeah. people. They, they filmed it in Vancouver. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you'll have some crossover, but it's like, nope, mostly Vancouver people must be Vancouver. Pretty much. Well, we already mentioned at least one moment that made us happy, the the makeup scene between Johnny and Dutch. You're irreplaceable to me. Oh. Oh. Mm. But, and then Kevin also mentioned one of my favorite moments where Dutch comes into the bar. <laughs> like of course, Davin's Davin's just, fighting. I know. And she and Dutch just likes, oh, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this crap. <laughs> but like, man, what a fast way to resolve the, the mm -hmm. problems, right? Yep. You could do the Davin way and just, you know, fight people for however long. But... I know. And there was like no excuse. It's like, why is he beating up this guy? Just... Leave it alone, Davin. Well, I meant before it got too far. Uh. And the thing is, like, 
the way the number of people who were fighting, it, it was just going to make it worse, right? To have this one guy mm -hmm. jump in there. If it's a couple people duking it out, like maybe you can separate them and it'll calm down. But I feel like his technique was just escalating the situation. Yeah, it was not really helping it. No. Yeah, it it just seemed to be part of the problem, not necessarily escalating until the end. Obviously, the end right. was making it worse. But yeah, you know. Speaking of excellent lines, I really liked Potter's little speech to Davin. I could buy you dinner. Oh, look at my manly muscles. Please sign my psych form. Because <laughs> Potter's kind of awesome. I really like her. Like, I really like her a lot. That line is not going to work on me. <laughs> I know. And he made such a half-hearted attempt to ask her out, I can buy you dinner. <laughs> I know. What? If I must. Like <laughs> <laughs> Way to win a girl over, Davin. I had to think about the end of that <laughs> sentence for a while. Yeah, Davin, you're not very smooth sometimes. <laughs> but I did, I did like the sort of end note that they had on that, where they both just got earnest with each other. It's like, mm -hmm. here, here's the deal. I know what you're doing, and you know what I'm doing. Let's 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 do what we said we were going to do. Well, I liked at the end when she told him, you know, the stress syndrome, it doesn't just go away. You need help. And she was straight up with him. And then later at the end, he was like, okay, as long as I, you know, I I pick you to be my doctor. And she's like, excuse me? He goes, I don't really like doctors, but I like you. I liked that so, moment. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought that was a nice moment between the two of them. Which is what I was awkwardly trying to reference. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And it's not just like, oh, I'm trying to ask you out or to dinner again. No, he he's really formed a trust with her, so. Davin had the common tough guy reaction to anybody having some sort of psychological insight into them where he lashes out at her. And I was like, ah, Davin. But I, I appreciated that at least by the end of the episode, he seemed to be a bit more willing to get some help and trusting of Potter, at least. Mm -hmm. Right. And that she was smart enough to see what was really what his condition really was and how she deliberately triggered him. Though I don't know exactly how I feel about the fact that she went ahead and signed his psych form, even though... Yeah. Because she says, well, I made a promise and I keep my promise. Like, well, yeah, but you're giving this guy license to carry around guns and be violent, and you've seen mm -hmm. what's what's up with him. I mean, I guess she's hoping that since... But she didn't have his guarantee at the time that he would come to her for treatment yet i don't think mm -hmm. that ever from my memory right no she, so. she didn't but yeah i mean i'm hesitant about that too but at the same time it's like well she knew who he was going to be with too you know what i mean like mm. she knows dutch and johnny so yeah you know do we think that dutch really doesn't like potter or was she just saying that to get something out of johnny or sorry get something out of davin i don't know I, that line made me curious too because Dutch was the one who said, go see her. Though that, yeah. I guess that doesn't mean yeah. necessarily she likes her, but I didn't get the sense that Dutch disliked her. Because also there was the comment about there was no other rack-approved doctor or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. For miles, yeah. yeah. So I'd be curious to see them interact if Dutch truly does not care for Potter. Because mm -hmm. from what we saw of Potter, I would think Dutch would like her, but... Me too, me too. Since mm -hmm. Dutch commented that she liked Noah. <laughs> I know. I like that moment when she turned to John. I like her. Yeah. <laughs> but that made me happy because at first I was like, no, she's got to take him back. And Vincent is gross. Yeah. And exactly. But she didn't. 
She didn't. Like, no! Uh, I was like, but you're the one that put the warrant out on him. Aren't you pissed? (laughs) (laughs) And I liked how that storyline, It again, it showed us, like, how compassionate Johnny is. The fact that he took that on for someone that he knew to help her out. Like, I I really liked that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although, then he was, like, faced with the proposition of cutting off his ear to, like, continue on on yeah. the path he'd gone down and i'm like eh, loyalty has a price Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> i really hope it gets reattached well so it's not upside down <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the season johnny's ears on sideways <laughs> i know so it looks kind of big okay though but if he knew that he was going to try to get his ear attached afterward couldn't he have tried to s- at least covertly slip it on some ice or something did he have to bury it of all things like wrap it in some well, plastic first before sticking yeah. it in the ground. I think they had access to plastic out there in the fields. I don't know. Because that's a way to get a major infection. I mean, well, uh, there was, he put it in some gooey stuff. Maybe it got cleaned <laughs> off. I don't know. This is in the future somehow. Maybe what? a better way of cleaning up the ear before they put it back on him. I don't, I don't think that was his ear. Oh. Right? Because they said something about finding a better match. Oh. I Didn't don't know. Oh. Okay, I thought that was his ear too. I missed that line. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was a donor it was like, ear. It was a donor ear. Okay, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Or something. Because the dirty ear, I, I don't want him to get that dirty ear attached back to his head. I'm worried he'll get like staph <laughs> infection or something. But they can they can heal cuts and stuff with like a light, so. I worry, Chris. I worry. Okay, okay. I'm just saying, it's the future. There's technology we don't know about. I love how Stephanie has wor- so much worry for <laughs> fictional characters that she loves. So worried about infections. <laughs> I also really loved all of the sibling dynamics that we got in this episode, both between the actual siblings, between Johnny and Davin, and between our like surrogate siblings, between Johnny and and Dutch. They were just like when Johnny came and flopped out on her bed and was eating yeah. her chocolates. <laughs> you smell like Lucy's sewage system. Get off my bed. <laughs> I missed Lucy. I know there was not enough Lucy. That's my big complaint about the episode. There wasn't yeah. enough was mine Lucy. too. I feel like had Lucy been around, she would have taken better care of Johnny and maybe he wouldn't have lopped off his ear. That's my theory and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> because we love the John C. ship. Yes. <laughs> Lucy keeps Johnny from being too brave and dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We should mention Tamsin McDonough, who plays Lucy, suggested as an alternative to John C. Juicy. Yes. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. <laughs> Which I like. I do like it. Yes. Juicy. I like it. Spelled J-O-U-C-Y. Juicy. I'm also really glad that we got to see Bellish again, even though it was in, you know, sort of a, a short scene. I'm glad that she's back this episode, since she wasn't in the last one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But in regards to other sibling moments, I also really liked it when, when Dutch came upon Johnny in the woods. She's like, what happened here? John DeCoby happened. <laughs> fine you're amazing we need to go (laughs) i just oh i really enjoy those two but i thought that john and and davin were really cute at the beginning when john was all nervous for him they were yeah it was was very sweet it's very sweet (laughs) i promised i wouldn't cry (laughs) (laughs) but we got a great fight scene this week between 
Dutch and the guards and Martel. And I just, I like, she wasn't even worried or, you know, threatened. She was just annoyed. Like, I don't I have, don't have time. time for this. <laughs> Five guys, four guys, never mind. Whatever. It's like, oh, I don't have time. Just get down. Stay down. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> and Martel, who thought he was being all clever and Bond villainy when he was like, such a shame about about the blood on my rug and uh -huh. about your blood in your rug. <laughs> As she smashes his face on the floor. I also got to chuckle when Dutch, she knocked out Martel. And then when he woke up, was like ushering him out of the room being like, I had a great time. And he's like, wait, did we fi did we finish? Was I good? <laughs> I, I, his confusion amused me. <laughs> Yes, she she nerve pinched him not a moment too soon. Mm -hmm. But I appreciated that she thought quickly to explain why she had so many scars for a woman who's supposed to be very high class, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. ah, I wonder if she's had to deal with this before. Probably. Yeah. And we also got a voicemail with some feedback from Denise. Hi, this is Denise at MB Ghost offering some thoughts on episode three of Killjoys, another fast paced episode. One of the qualities I like about Killjoys is there's no sitting around wallowing in a lot of introspection or exposition. I like how we've been introduced into the world of drug making and the efforts by the authorities to combat it by sending in these defoliation ships, which I have to say is quite a creative piece of world building by the writers and how these ships drop these scorched earth type bombs on these drug making farms. I like the CGI effect there to demonstrate the destructiveness of these bombs. Now, this second point may write itself as the show progresses, but for me, the show is showing us two duchess, one who is currently the bounty hunter and then one who grew up as an assassin. She outright killed as a child, but and as she grew up, that philosophy changed somehow, and now she's letting these guys go after she interrogates them. And didn't that gray-haired fellow say he's been watching her the entire time? Wouldn't he know this is happening? I have no issue if Dutch is both a bounty hunter and an assassin. I just want to know which side of Dutch the show is attempting to present. I'll be intrigued to see how the show reconciles this gap in Dutch's character as it progresses. But great show, loving it. And thanks for sending that in, Denise. I, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it feels like two versions to me. You know what I mean? It, it feels like there's something that happened in between that we maybe don't know about yet, or definitely don't know about yet. But, you know, being trained to be an assassin, she clearly didn't want to be trained to be an assassin, I mm -hmm. think, from what we've seen, right? I would agree. Yeah. I don't think we know the whole story of the relationship between Klein and Dutch. So I think there's a lot of unanswered questions. Plus, it seems like she's changed her name since then. Yeah. I don't know. It all it all feels very much like trying to escape a horrible, horrible past to me. Yeah, I don't feel like we're getting two versions of the current Dutch. I feel like we have Dutch of the past, who clearly was trained to be this assassin. And then Dutch of the present, who escaped Klein in some way, changed her name, and is using some of the skills that he taught her but is living by a very different moral code now. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we're seeing, obviously her past is coming to haunt her. So for example, at the beginning of this episode, we see her being 
far more ruthless than we've seen her be as a killjoy. But at the same time, she let the guy go. She didn't kill him. She showed him mercy. Yeah. Right. She clearly didn't want to kill him. Yeah. That was a little unexpected for me. And then I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm wondering what repercussions that's going to have if Klein finds out. But what was the purpose behind that uh, hit he put on that guy? Right. But I mean, the the whole thing just, I think we as viewers of the series, the series is just picking up at the point where Klein has found Dutch, right? Right. I suppose, yeah. I mean, I thought that was indicated in the first episode. Right, yeah. No, absolutely. Because she makes comments about feeling, thought she would never see him again or things like that. But yeah, I agree. From the first episode. Right, she thought she was hallucinating him when she first came into contact with him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't think, they haven't been in touch in many years. Right. So personally, I don't feel like they're showing two versions of Dutch. I think Dutch is the killjoy with a secret past of being an assassin. Right. I agree. But I do have questions about the interaction she has with the the, the guy that Klein named for her to kill. Because I believed him. I don't think he knew who Klein was. And why did he send her after him? Was it just a test? I mean, yeah, I have questions about that whole encounter. That is my big question also. It, and it's like, well, is it a matter of was Klein somehow tasked to kill this guy and then was making Dutch do it? Was this guy just like some random person who got, you know, unlucky, <laughs> essentially, mm. and was picked for no reason? Does Klein have some specific reason and the guy just doesn't know he's Klein? You know, I, I mean, I don't know. Right. There are many possibilities, is what I'm saying, and I'm curious to see where they're going with it. He did, however, have that tattoo that we saw on his hand. Mm -hmm. So I'm inclined to believe, <laughs> I'm inclined to believe that he, that Klein did have a reason for kill it, for wanting him dead, that he wasn't just random. But that's just yeah. me speculating based on that tattoo that they made sure that we saw on his hand. Good call. Well, and I, I'm glad that Johnny asked her about it, you know, mysterious red boxes, so he he has some clue of what's going on, but Dutch still isn't telling him, I think, the whole truth, you know. She's not giving him any details, and I, I thought that heart-to-heart -heart was getting to the point where he would, she would tell him everything, but she's not, so... Because I thought it was too early in the series for it to go there yet. <laughs> yeah, but and, and plus she doesn't know the, the you know, endgame, if she'll see Klein again, or what the whole story is about if he's going to send send her on more um assassination attempts because so. surely we're gonna see him again right surely he's yeah. not gonna just disappear after finding her of course mm -hmm. not so many years later so i'm curious to see when he'll pop up again but yeah that that was also something i didn't think she was gonna tell him really i mean dutch telling johnny during the the big heart to heart but the whole line about you know Oh, is it enough if I tell you it's it's over? I'm like, clearly it's mm -hmm. not over, yeah, Dutch. Like yeah. it's never over, really. So, I think she wants it to be, but I'm sure she does. Knows, I mean, she knows that it isn't. Yeah, yeah. Might be trying to convince herself that it's over when, right? Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, that whole promise of no more secrets kind of broke my heart because like I, I don't think they're going to be no. able to keep that. No. Well, and just, and it, I don't know, maybe this wasn't exactly him keeping it a secret, but it just before Johnny says no more secrets, right? When 
Dutch mentions the fact that, oh, Davin will probably leave once he finds the doctor. He doesn't mention that he didn't know about that, even though yeah. clearly mm-hmm. from his face, you can see he had no idea. Right. And that kind of broke my heart that he him realizing that his brother was looking for a doctor. And what does that mean? And yeah, mm-hmm. I thought there was a that was a good a good moment of acting for Aaron Ashmore. That whole scene was yes. good. They were both really good in it. It was. It was a good scene. So do we think that Johnny doesn't know how serious Davin is or how how serious of a condition Davin has with his uh, stress syndrome? Because I think Dutch has kind of seen more of it than Johnny has. Yeah, we've seen Dutch see more of it than we've seen Johnny see. But yeah, I'm curious about that, too. We also had the introduction, speaking of Davin uh, and him needing to find a doctor but the introduction of that drug that he asks potter for that she says is for a neurological condition mm-hmm. that and he says that some army doctor just prescribed the drug to him but he doesn't remember why is that the doctor he's looking for do we think it seems logical i would no. assume so yeah because maybe you know find the doctor find out what she prescribed him you know also what was with the light thing she wanted to examine his eyes and he would not let her so what does that mean i thought thought that was another trigger for him yeah that was my thought okay that he was worried it might trigger his i forget what they're calling ptsd in this world something stress syndrome yeah but the fact that potter clearly knew he had that syndrome but still was wondering why he was taking that drug for a neurological condition suggests to me that the drug wasn't for the stress syndrome. So that's interesting to me. Right. Unrelated things. Yeah. yeah. No. Denise also mentioned in her feedback the introduction of this drug trade and how the government is dealing with the drug trade. I, I did like the defoliation ships that were burning up the the forest. I thought that was kind of a neat effect that they used. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing that I think they introduced last episode and then it carried through as, in a larger thread in this episode. Because wasn't that what the old woman in Sugar Point was supposed to be suffering from? Was withdrawal from Jack? Or was that another oh, drug? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. I might be misremembering. Just a note from the editing room here. I went back and checked. They do, in fact, say that it is a Jack withdrawal that she is suffering from. But I did have the question in this episode. Did y'all get the impression that Martel knew about the Jack grow up? Oh, he basically said as much. Okay, that's what yeah, I thought. So I he so. essentially, yeah. he had his like legal hawk growing farm. And then he had some mm-hmm. workers that he channeled over to an illegal Jack grow up and was probably getting at least a cut of the profits for that. Probably. Because okay. that was when he found out that people were snooping around because he didn't know why they were snooping around. Mm-hmm. He thought it was about that. And so then to right. cut his losses, he called it in. And that's why the defoliation ships were coming in. Okay. So that's what I thought. So the fact that Vincent, it seemed like then maybe Vincent was recruited by him to go run the grow up, perhaps. Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. Because it seemed like... I wasn't, I-, I wasn't sure about what the arrangement was. Like, if he had them do it or if he just knew about it and was keeping quiet for like a cut of the profits i mean i i didn't if they specified that i didn't catch it right yeah it's it's not particularly important but it just i was thinking about it because we had we had shyla the the farm worker who had like these noble causes of trying to help westerlands escape this labor 
system. And then we had Vincent, who was just like, uh, I'm in trouble now. Take me back. Take me back. Take me back. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, really. be involved. And she's willing to, you know, die for her cause. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's what was disturbing about the defoliation ships. I'm like, mm-hmm. didn't they just wipe out everybody? Yeah. As we see that effect on Lucy's screen and, you know, Johnny's reacting to it. I thought that was a good bit of acting. But yeah, that was very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Well, since defoliation, essentially they're just burning all the leaves off of the thing, and especially since they established that Jack is highly flammable and also toxic yeah. when burned. So, yeah, it's unnerving. Yeah. Another thing that I liked about Potter is she's also introduced with kind of a mysterious past. Like, why did she get kicked off Crush? She was she came from the, the high-class planet and is now working hard as a defender of of west of uh, westerlands and trying to take care of them but what did she do to get kicked off the wealthy planet i don't know was it anything to do with her medical practice and i don't know if that was implied or maybe she did something illegal they did say that they threatened to take away her license mm-hmm. her her medical license but i don't think that she he gave a hint as to what she did for them to do that so it's possible it was related to her practice for sure Maybe she put her ear on backwards. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh. clearly, clearly, ear replacement is the uh, go-to medical practice, medical yeah. procedure yeah. Yeah. in the future. <laughs> in the quad. I like my ears. I want them to stay where they are. So I have no desire to, you know, visit Leith anytime soon. Yeah, don't don't go uh, to a hawk farm. Oh, but speaking of the ears, there was some really nice, subtle special effects on those little trackers. I wa- first watched it on on my TV, sitting kind of far away, and so I didn't see the little lights that flash in their ear when it got injected. And then later, mm-hmm. when Dutch was looking at it, but when I rewatched it on my on my little phone where I was really close to it, I was like, "Oh, that's some neat special effects." That surprises mm-hmm. me that you saw it on your phone, but not on your TV. Yeah, exactly. I saw it on my TV. but Well, I have an old-ass TV. Oh, an ass TV. It is shaped like a bum, yeah. <laughs> That's a gross-looking TV. <laughs> Depends on how you feel about bums. <laughs> Thank you to Kevin and to Denise for sending in their feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. You can send us feedback to killjoys at askgenretv.com. Leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Or you can record a voice memo with your smartphone and email it to us. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as Killjoys Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the quad. 